You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Welcome back to The A-Game. I am very excited to be back. I was pulled in a different direction last week, but luckily we've got one of the best pinch hitters She's in all, ha- she in is all of podcasting. This. She is going to hate the fact that I used a baseball analogy. Sports ball. Sports ball. Um, young Morgan Rooks. Mm-hmm. What a pro. I was sweating it listening to the show last week. You what thought was she was going to take your, your spot feeling? Tremendous talent. Yeah. Tremendous talent. And um, to be able to rotate her in whenever we need to, she brings a new dynamic to the group. Um, Did great you start- topic last week. Loved listening to it. Great. I mean, I think we're really getting somewhere with the show, folks. So please tune in. Please rate the program. You know where to go. Do they? Or should we tell them? Well, why don't you tell them? You know, if you'd like, you can follow us at the Adcom Group. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What else? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Ooh, LinkedIn. That was my home channel, too. I should have yeah, known that one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Follow us on those places. And then you can also one. search uh, the A-Game Podcast and Adcom Podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Oh, very good. Mm. That's so Jeff can, Carlton, by the way. Yeah, that's Jeff. I'm Jeff Carlton, Senior Director of Digital Strategy at Adcom. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we also got Joel Hammond in the house. Hello. Good Tickling morning. the ivories man in the back words. over there. Whew. Man, a few words. Man, we've man got the, a very few words. We've got this new mic set up, and it's just just blowing your mind. Our producer is, is something. Yeah, oh, Mike man. Pouks is a real humdinger. Yeah, we, we've, we've got a really good show this week. Uh, we're excited to jump into it. We've got a couple of topics. We're going to be... Um, playing on, on two different sides, jumping into a couple things that are newsworthy, that are, are relevant. You guys aren't going to feel this, but this is actually a morning edition for us. We're actually coming to you in the morning on a Friday. So things are good. I think it feels pretty good. I'm a morning person. How about you, Joel? I used to be uh, before, what before kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I yeah. just sort of sleep as much as I can get it whenever I can get it. So okay. morning I am a morning routine person. is no longer. I've, yeah. I've turned into a morning person. And frankly, kids have helped because I get up even earlier because yeah. they're not up. Not that I don't love them. I just need to process my thoughts for, for a little bit <laughs> or maybe get a little. Late nights are for suckers. Yeah. 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 Get your sleep. Losers. Get your rest. Losers. Keep, Wake up early. Keep staying up late because we're going to keep winning. Yeah. Winning the morning, winning the day. Yep. But I love anyway. I love Joel might be a little a little bushy eyed right now. <laughs> I feel great. I'm ready to go. And this I think this is a great way to start a Friday too. Oh, absolutely. Two extremely electric topics. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to jump into it. Uh, some news broke yesterday. NBA news. Um, this is a big week for the NBA, kicking off the, the new season, and you know there's there's a lot of chatter. It's become quite the sport. Um, Frankly, it's more fun to follow it on Twitter than it is even to watch it. But um, the NBA released news that the G League, uh, which is their minor league basketball, I guess, for anyone that doesn't know. You don't have to guess. You're right. That's exactly what it is. No, he's. Thank you. Thank you for (laughs) fact checking that for me, Jeff. Quick fact check. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, So they've they've got gotten out in front of this one-and-done rule where you have to go to college for a year before you're eligible to play professional basketball. The G League is offering contracts upwards of Mm $125,000 to people coming out of high school as an option to not go to college. Yep. Um, So this could entice people that are, you know, lukewarm about the college experience 
or just want to get into making money right away. Mm -hmm. And it kind of got me thinking from a business standpoint, maybe the NBA is onto something here. They're um, always the early adopter. Always Everything. the early adopter um, in sports. Um, you know, they've they've basically taken it to the next level. You know, elevating some of their <laughs> some of their stars, uh, some of the best players in the league. They're mm -hmm. their own brands, but it makes me wonder as uh, as a, a marketer and you know at, as a business, we we put these constraints up. Like we we follow these rules of we need to find people with marketable skills and, and talent that's validated through college education. And oftentimes, I mean, ask anybody that you work with where they learned the most. You learn the most when you walk through the door and you actually, um, you know, Did the pick, work. Up, pick up the computer, you, you dive into spreadsheets, you get your hands dirty. This is interesting. So Joel was mentioning this in his career in journalism. Yeah. Went to Bowling Green. Was your major journalism? Yes, the Harvard of the Midwest. Yes, the Harvard was, of the Midwest. You know, yeah, John so. Carroll used to say that as well. Um, well, incorrectly. But we got two Falcons <laughs> in the house, by the yeah. way. So where did you say you learned the most about journalism? Yeah, so I learned the most doing the job. I, you know, I was disappointed in my, frank, frankly, in my coursework and the, the, the education I received in the classroom. My, my best education was learning from journalists who had been at it for 20 years at the Bowling Green Central Tribune, which is a small daily newspaper there. Um, you know, I was out covering high school sports and, you know, yeah. driving in the backwoods of Wood County and, you know, in the winter, dead of winter, trying yeah. to get these high school basketball games and, and working at the BG News where, you know, we, we when I was there, the, the basketball team was good. The, Urban Meyer was there, right? I've got yeah. great stories about Urban Meyer. So that's where you where I learned the most. And, and that came well before any sort of, I mean, the college experience was awesome. It, I learned a lot about myself and grew personally at that point. But professionally, there was no... You know, nothing gained from, from coursework. Hopefully the Bowling Green Admissions Office isn't listening to this. Well, hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. And um, I would say the exact same and have said the exact same thing to John Carroll. Because from a marketing standpoint, from where we sit getting talent in and out, I will never, ever say that four years of growth as a young adult is not, is, is not a good thing. It is a good thing. You learn more outside of the classroom than you do in the classroom, but... In, in my personal opinion, but those things are intertwined with one another. But in a, in a marketing lens, what are the things that we do now? We create websites, we manage people's social media, we, you know, we, we run PR campaign, we do things like that. So many of those things are easily and readily accessible to people without going to a university. And if you catch somebody who is, and, and this becomes the hard part, is you know, how do you identify? But when you find those people who are like, hey, you know, you know, this is what marketing kind of, you know, looks like. This is what a day-to-day -day looks like. Would you be interested in just getting a more concentrated education in that instead of maybe going and having to tackle core curriculum on philosophy and religion and, you know, accounting and things of that nature? Could you just start to hone really, really elite marketing athletes, pay them early, and start building a better employment pipeline uh, into your organization. I mean, who's who's to say what's elite? I mean, what we're really talking about here is bringing people in that are motivated and are looking to build a profession for themselves. They don't need to be, you know, the next LeBron James. If I'm trying to bring somebody in and coach them up on PPC, paid search, or search engine optimization, 
um, but they're really motivated. It's like, would they be willing to come in at a lower cost than the average college graduate or somebody with three to five years experience and really grind for that first year and really earn it? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really talk about that, but there are these constraints that we've built up um, just from a, a business society standpoint that say, well, you have to have a four-year degree in order to come in for a position like this. But how much time are we really spending thinking about the job requirements that we're copying and pasting over into the next uh, job posting that we're trying to fill a position for? Mm-hmm. I think, and you're starting to see this a little bit more with, with the way that we're interviewing, and, and we, just, we just had an interview yesterday when, when you're trying to identify somebody's uh, motivation or are they just wired for success, yeah. you could ask things like, talk to me about the last time that you met a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about the last time that you successfully done something. What did you do? It doesn't necessarily need to correspond to, you know, I set up a campaign for success. Right. These are people that are goal setters. These are people that understand the nuance of how to get from point A to point B. And I'm just wondering if the NBA is on to something. And I know that this is more of a loophole trying to get to a point where they're taking the, the college experience out of it, uh, which frankly is laughable because most people just go to college for the year because they have to. Yeah, the yeah. one I'm done should be. Yeah, it's, it's silly. It is ridiculous. But it just gets me thinking, maybe as, as business owners, as business leaders, we should start thinking about talent in a more broad base because frankly, I mean, we're right here in Cleveland, beautiful city, uh, growing economy, lots of great things going on, but it's hard to find specialists in Cleveland. And that's, and that's, that's a commonality in most of the United States. We're not all in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta. We all need talent. Yeah. And, and, and it's tricky. So why can't we just broaden the scope a little bit and, and really get more disciplined on what are the attributes that we're hiring for as opposed to the skills? I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot with uh, the work I've been doing on Blockland and the, the talent acquisition and development uh, node that is. That's a banned word, by the way. Oh, node. Node, yeah. Node, it's on the wall. Is, aren't, aren't there like seven nodes? There's 10. 10. Ten nodes. Thank you. There's 10 nodes. But the one of the things it brings to mind for me is for a very long time, organizations have looked to universities for talent. And is that changing in the sense that organizations, no matter if it's a marketing firm, it's an accounting firm, whatever the case is, have now, that is way too big a blind spot. Talent retention and acquisition is way too big a blind spot for them to just, you know, kind of depend on a third party. Do they need to become, are the most successful organizations going to be the people that fundamentally become educational organizations as well, that bring people in a part of their mission, a part of their capital expenditure is schooling, is schooling without work and not seeing maybe an immediate benefit, not saying I can put you on this account and your X number of hours billable, but knowing that you are going to put two to four years into somebody and that in all likelihood that person's loyalty and that person's work is going to ultimately benefit you. But do we all just look too short term? I need a solution for this for right now. 
Yeah, can can hiring managers? I think the the biggest obstacle to this is the stigma involved with. Oh, you didn't have a, you don't have a college education. What what do we do every day? We try to reach certain demos with our campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. One of those demos is millennials, is young people, is relatively young people. Who who has been most successful lately in reaching younger people? It's people like Casey Neistat or however pronounces you know. So no no college, high school dropout, right? Mm-hmm. Who who is best ninja? Like I'm not saying like a, a a a Twitch streamer is great for an advertising age, but who gets these people? It's people who don't need to go to like you don't need that anymore. Yeah. You know. So it's just interesting that that the people that are, have been most successful in reaching some of it will never, will never go to college, you know? Yeah. And, and can, will, will, will hiring managers, will we ever get past? I think that's the biggest challenge is to get past that mental hurdle of, oh, you don't have a college education? Mm. There's, a, there's a very interesting conversation happening around manufacturing in the state of Ohio right now uh, and the trades where there are 14,000 unfilled trades positions because uh, the skilled labor doesn't exist. Most parents um, tend to push their kids towards university and white-collar jobs because they think it's cleaner, safer, you know, has a better kind of, you know, overall look to it. Uh, but, you know, what would those parents say? You know, you send your kid to school and that child, you know, doesn't particularly jive with traditional education and somebody says, oh, I want you to go into plumbing, I want you to go into pipe fitting, I want you to go into, you know, HVAC. And the parents like, ah, no, 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 no. But there's a job right now, and that job will pay you $75,000 a year right off the bat. Yeah. In my opinion, Germany is kind of the world standard for this, is university and the trades are two parallel tracks with, the, with, with no stigma, negative stigma attached to either one of them. And I, I just think we're reaching a point in the uh, kind of the evolution of the workforce in the United States where makers – are going to have a uh, a much uh, a much bigger part to play, and their the, their status is going to get elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, know, you see influencers, Joel doing some of the work with he does with some of our clients, finding those social influencers. Um, you know, those people have followings. Those people have mass followings, uh, and you know, I, I I hope we're at a friction point where that that starts to become the case because y- the university system as it is is, is getting frayed, is getting fractured. Uh, because it doesn't necessarily meet the, the needs anymore, mm-hmm. and it needs to evolve. Yeah, we, we have some clients in the trades, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll say quickly, but we have clients in the trades that we, we hear this every day. It's a, it's a constant battle. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. they, they don't want to bash the, the college experience and that sort of white-collar path. But um, the other, you mentioned, Jeff, overseas, the trades are revered like like a public service. Like yep. this is valuable, and, and here it's like ooh, it's, look, I don't look down do. upon, yeah. you know. So uh, interesting, you know, sort of connection between some of our clients and, and, and a topic for sure. Mm. Yeah. Do you think I I want to pitch pivoting into the next story? One last point to make. Okay. One last point, and then we'll we'll cut it off because this <laughs> next story, this next take, next take is hot. Hot, hot yeah. You want to put some it's, oven mitts it's on? It's a little for chilly in Cleveland yeah. these days. It's going to warm us up. Get your oven mitts Govin, on. Get your oven mitts out. You don't <laughs> yeah, want to burn yourself. That's right. You don't want to burn yourself like Jeff did this morning. But we, I did we'll, on a night. Maybe we'll have time for that story later. Um, I was in to kind of wrap this up with a bow. I was listening to a podcast over the weekend. How I built this, Guy Raz. It's an NPR podcast gets the origin stories of different entrepreneurs. He's talking to Jen Hyman, and I think this kind of dovetails exactly into what we're talking about. 
she started a company called Rent the Runway, which is based around um, you know rental clothing for for women that yeah know, I they see buy them something one charging time my and, bank account sometimes yeah they're yeah they they buy something to wear they're photographed in it and then it, it it becomes a fossil in the closet they just want to wear it that one time they don't feel special anymore about it but guys talking to her and she went to Harvard Business School and his his reaction was wow why did you feel like you needed to go get your MBA because he talks to entrepreneurs all the time and these are people that have not found like the traditional path to where they're going a lot of them came up with concepts and ran with it yeah so the fact that you've got somebody like guy raz being like hey why are you going for your mba that doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense to me it makes me scratch my head and wonder maybe there's something else there but i digress let's get into the next topic um stop if you heard this before facebook um we're going to talk about facebook <laughs> so let's just go through like the laundry list here i mean they've they've been in the headlines for a lot of very bad reasons. <laughs> Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, Cambridge Analytica. I mean, we're talking about increased government regulation. We're talking about data protection. Data breach. Data breaches. Uh, when's the next one, one coming? Mm -hmm. What was Any the one we talked about last week? There was one uh, they rejected some some uh, like LGBT ads or something like that. There was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They they got to a point where they're proactively priming the pumps for political advertising. They're going to start pausing people that are coming off overtly political unfortunately you know somebody's doing a drag show in xyz market um, lgbt specific promotional ads and those are getting blocked it's no that's political collateral mm -hmm. so more you know more egg on the face of, of facebook so to speak and and now they're they're charging up to capitol hill and starting a pr campaign trying to convince everybody that they're ready for the elections yeah. So time and time again, Facebook is falling down. They're terrible PR. Uh, the user experience within the platform as, you know, focus group of one can be really poor. And it seems like advertisers just keep coming back over and over and over to Facebook, which begs the question, are they too big to fail? Mm -hmm. Are they the new big bank? Are they the new big bank? <laughs> Is there a government bailout coming for Facebook? Have we, <laughs> no. do we have a Facebook problem as a society? And, and, and even down to marketers, there's been plenty of conversation about the fact that what they're actually showing as metrics for success, specifically within video, yep. uh, are false or falling short. Or inaccurate. A, you, I'm sure you caught the story this week about yeah. the lawsuit revealing that they were misreporting video views. It's, yeah. it's crazy. On something like a billion views, right? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And this impacts advertisers. This impacts publishers. There's publishers that are paying to get their content into the stream. There are publishers that are changing the way that they operate to go video first with the hopes of attracting more advertising. Yeah, dollars. changing staffing. And, but in the marketing ecosystem. And we just keep coming back. I, I guess the question becomes, is our indi individual KPI more important? Can we not get that anywhere else? Why do we keep going back? Because 2 billion self-identified daily users. <laughs> it's the greatest treasure trove of self-raised hand social data. And it pays off over and over and over again. And 
in the realm of advertising, Facebook and Instagram advertising is wildly underpriced. And so right now, for your dollar, that is the best money you can spend for reach, for targeting, and for ultimate visibility into, you know, whatever the ROI metric is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it is into a an appointment, into a sale, something to that effect. But th- that's why I think right now they're just too big to fail. Is, you know, they're the new Goldman. They're the new, you know, name, you know, Bank of America, AIG. They're the, they're the new, we've got too much invested in them. And take it even one step further. As a blue chip stock, they're in everybody's portfolio. And so it is, re- the world is highly incentivized yeah. for their own 401ks to see Facebook do well. Most, most fascinating to me is we're in an age where social activism has um, really become more prominent. You know, mm-hmm. like in the past, it felt like, okay, yeah, we're going to boycott so-and-so. No, and then it fizzled, right? These days, it's whether it's the Me Too movement or, or whatever's going on, seems like social activism has had a greater impact on brands, on whatever. So if I'm embroiled in some sort of scandal, I it seems like these days there's more of a backlash. There's more of an impact to my bottom line. While Facebook hasn't, you know, there's been a ton of, we, we just listed off a laundry list of stuff that has happened to them and they've been bulletproof. They've and been, would sync another platform. Any one of yeah, those things would sync another platform. Absolutely. It's crazy. And I think you, I think you said it, the, the reason advertisers we keep going back is that well <laughs> you i laugh but is that the, the proof is in the details the proof is in the numbers except except video views but uh, <laughs> but the proof is in the numbers like people see it people see it when you when you go there and until that changes I, I think there's nothing that's going to change and here's the other reason in my opinion it is more tangible for a cmo who uses facebook who can intrinsically see this is an important point liking yeah. something if you're buying ads in an ad network, that's not like you don't attach to that. You don't you you can't see the workings behind it. You know there's little fingers in it all over the place, but you can't vision. This is so ingrained in the day to day, minute to minute of our lives that it is the thing we we can we can put ourselves in the position. We can visualize it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had the good fortune and misfortune at times of trying to explain to a CMO what programmatic advertising is and where their ads are going to be shown. And it can be very frustrating, but it's it's a tough concept to wrap your brain around for somebody that doesn't deal with it on a daily basis. However, when you talk about Facebook, you know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. And and the thing about Facebook is it's not only the, the, the daily user um, total, which is really tough to match from any other platform standpoint, it's the frequency of use. Mm-hmm. It's the multiple uses per day. It is mm-hmm. something that not only it, you can build frequency on a daily basis with the same audience, hitting them at different times of the day. There's more opportunities to get out in front of people. Now, is it 100% viewable? Absolutely not. Nothing really is. Yeah. But it's just interesting. If you were to take the origins of Facebook advertising and put that on a line graph in terms of <laughs> like what was available to advertisers and the benefits, they mm-hmm. keep pulling back. I mean, the trend line is just dropping substantially. And now you get into the whole issue with the election and they're taking away third-party data. Now we're going back to the Stone Age with you know essentially using profile data to target. Mm-hmm. 
And but on the other side, you've got advertising revenue that's shooting up. So we've got like a big X here of what's in it for the advertisers. They keep stripping away bells and whistles and tools and resources. You got to pay for you know, build up your followers. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, be no, relevant. Your your followers aren't going to see your ads anymore. Or not going to see your posts anymore. Now you got to pay for it. They just keep stripping away and stripping away, and we keep putting more and more money into this bucket. And it's like, oh, it's not Facebook. It's Instagram now. It's like, no, it, it's, it's Facebook. <laughs> it's Facebook. It's Facebook, well, but people. This is the conversation we've had multiple times around Google. What is yeah. Google? Google is relevancy. All that matters is its relevancy and its authenticity and its trust. The exact same formula now applies, it has applied, but applies to Facebook. There are other outlets. Those outlets obviously are not as popular. The popularity of those outlets could go up if the trust, authenticity, and um, and relevancy of Facebook went down. But fact of the, I mean, really, you get into a spot now where usership amongst people over sixty has skyrocketed. So you're you're, you're touching every demographic. Yep. You're touching everyone. Mm-hmm. Anybody who thinks. That people over 60 aren't on their smartphones, aren't on, don't have a new uh, iPhone, you know, 10X Max. You know why they have an iPhone? Why? For Facebook. For Facebook. <laughs> because it's a better user experience. Like, it, 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 there's no end in sight. Juggernaut, keep getting more juggernauty. Yeah. Anyone who thinks that, you know, you look at the demos, Facebook's an old, old platform. No, no, young people aren't. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they're not on Facebook. Hey, everybody's on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Thousand percent. Yes, in so, some surprising. Way, form. Yeah, surprising when you look at the numbers. Like it, it, it's it's it it stands. It goes against reason. That, oh no, the, there's there's young people on it. Don't worry. Yeah, every <laughs> like Jeff said, every demo is touch. It's it's crazy. Don't worry, they're still there. Yeah. What, what do you guys think could potentially sink a company like Facebook? What would it take for a Facebook to go down? Time. I don't think it's a single hit explosion. I think we've seen in the last 18 months, single hit explosion that, that have never been seen before. And it absorbed and went on. I, I think it is lack of attention to relevancy. I think it's lack of attention to users. Uh, I'm not saying that those things are apparent right now. They aren't, they, they're, they're dialed in. Um, but really, I mean, I, I just think it's time. I just think it's, I honestly think they are too big to fail. Which is not a term that after 2008, a lot of people want to hear. Yeah. Joel, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like you <laughs> hot said, take, hot take. Uh, <laughs> blow uh, that one off. Yeah, get uh, your fire extinguisher out. <laughs> Morgan. Oh, Morgan, are you out there? He's going to the bullpen. Oh, boy. Oof. Calling the righty. Something tells me. Isn't she a lefty? <laughs> Is she a lefty? It's even more valuable. Is she a lefty? It's we'll even more valuable. More. That'd be a much better expression. We'll ask Morgan. She would hate that expression. <laughs> it's a sports she would. expression. She would take sports that expression. Ball. Uh, and I think, I think this is great. Uh, given the fact that this channel has already been weaponized to attack another government, uh, <laughs> and we keep going back to it, and everybody's like, oh, Facebook, you know, feels good. You know, thumbs up and mm-hmm. followers. and It's a it's a great example. It's another, another example of this platform is immune to any sort of social 
Right. You just mentioned that's one thing we didn't even we didn't mention earlier in the laundry list of things they've gone through. Oh, by the way, um, maybe uh, our, our election was sabotaged by using this platform. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, I'm cool with that. No problem. Even, even yeah. better, the biggest, dev- the most valuable company in the world, the biggest device maker in the world, Apple, <laughs> goes in their keynote and says, you need to use this stuff less and I'm going to give you tools to do so. I'm going to give you screen time stats that you can look at. The biggest, most valuable company in the world is like, guys, I think we, like, we've gone a little too far. Let's pull back and nobody's stopping. Yeah. It's, it's, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. We've, we've become so hooked on user experience that we're willing to essentially turn a blind eye towards you know, threats and problems. But I think the only thing that could really take Facebook down is government intervention. Ooh. Because... People keep coming back to it. Um, I use it less and less, but I'm also using Instagram. Oh, I know. You know what? I've traded one for the other. Absolutely traded one for the other. So we just, we live in a world where people become desensitized to all the negative sides to, you know, targeting and data sharing. And we've, we've gotten used to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, until something big happens, advertisers are probably going to keep going back. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't tell them not to because, yeah, frankly, you, we see results. You yeah. have a responsibility. Yeah. But and uh, you, can't, you, you can't lose sight. This, this is a decidedly negative look at the platform. But you can't lose sight of all the positives, the connectivity. You can't have for, a hot take on a positive. You can't. Like, um, and that's why people listen. <laughs> it's not how this they works. Come to this, I retract. They don't Jeff, come to this I retract. program for, I retract. For, for the hottest. You, for yeah. the hottest takes. The hottest takes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Stefan, the hottest takes. <laughs> Joe's are, like a little peanut gallery. Peanut gallery yeah. of one today. Are from the A game. The Agam. The Agam. Yeah, this, the is, Agam. this is not the HBR idea cast. We are here for hot takes. We're going to give it to you straight. <laughs> yeah. Straight, That's right. unfiltered. No, there's no. Use it as you may. Harvard Business there's Review no fluff. damned. There's no fluff here. No. No, mm-hmm. no We're fluff. not putting on airs for anyone. Take it, use it, weaponize it. We will keep coming back term. to you guys every week. And um, speaking of weeks, next week we got a hot program. Oh yeah, Jeff, you want to intro what we're yeah, going to talk about? Yeah, next week we'll be we'll, we'll be discussing a couple of topics: uh, plantar fasciitis and <laughs> an octopus. Ooh, this was something new we we're working on, Joel. It was kind oh. of a joke. All right, cool. We don't know what we're going to be discussing next week because this all happens. I love it in the week. That's right, yeah. in the moment, and that's it's... why you keep coming back, and we appreciate it every week. Uh, Can I, I know? Give... Maybe we'll we'll. Continue doing this AM program. Let us know. Oh, there's a lot of energy here, I feel like. Yeah, I maybe agree. like Thursday afternoon and there's two, you know, maybe yeah. it's like the... Long ugh. week. A little bit of statistical relevance. Our, our, our listenership has, has gone up significantly in the last three weeks. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, our repeat listeners have gone up significantly over the last six weeks. Uh, and we are now reaching uh, five different countries. Five different countries. The U.S., Canada, Mexico. Well, now we're going to be big in Russia after this one because the Huge. bots are going to pick Huge. it up. Oh, yeah. uh, Germany and Australia. <laughs> oh. Germany and wow. Australia. Well, good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another <laughs> throw another <laughs> shrimp on the barbie. Wish we were videoing yeah, we this because we could have just seen Jim's face. Australia. <laughs> but obviously we're going viral. Um, yeah. So in the good way, not in the you know need to get a throat culture kind of way. No, no. Well, thanks for clarifying that. You're welcome. We are the viral program that is purely virus. (laughs) But I would love it if if people would not only follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the AdCom Group, 
But if you would also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, uh, we're having a really good time. Yeah. yeah we uh, we appreciate all the listeners. And gentlemen, great program. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to work. Have a good day. <laughs>